You're listening to Time in the Word. Dr. Gonzalez explains that the tribulation period does not necessarily begin right after the rapture occurs. Many prophecy scholars agree that there will be a relatively short interval of time between the rapture and the beginning of the tribulation. The tribulation will begin when Israel signs a treaty with the Antichrist, the leader of the Confederation of Western Nations, the revived Roman Empire. God's judgments begin when Christ breaks the seals of the scrolls spoken of in Revelation chapters 5 and 6. In Matthew 24, 4-8, through 8, Jesus Christ speaks of the judgments that will be found during the first three and a half years of the tribulation. He describes them as the beginning of labor pains. John details these judgments as he describes the seal judgments in Revelation 6, 2-17. During today's message, Dr. Gonzalez will be discussing the third, fourth, and fifth seal judgments. Let us listen as Dr. Gonzalez continues his study on end times prophecy. Once again, thank you for joining us. Uh, we are continuing our study in Bible prophecy. The name of the series is The Bible and Tomorrow's Headlines. Uh, we uh, started uh, several weeks ago a study of the events of the tribulation period, and we have been looking at the first three and a half years. Without going into great detail, I will say that we have been looking at Revelation chapter 6, and we find in Revelation chapter 6 that the sealed judgments will occur in the first three and a half months. We have already looked at the uh, seal number one and seal number two. Uh, we ended uh, with seal number two. So today in our message, we will continue unpacking uh, these, these passages of Scripture in Revelation 6, and we will continue by looking at the third seal. Now, in seal number 1, just as a, a way of recap, seal number 1, we find that uh, John saw a rider riding a white horse, which represented a false uh, and short-lived peace. The rider was the Antichrist. Uh, he conquered by way of treaties and agreements and political maneuvering. It was a bloodless uh, uh, conquering because he did, although he did have a bow, he did not arrows, which represented it, it was uh, bloodless. In seal number two, we find that the whole scenario changes, and now we see that the, the Antichrist is now actually riding a red horse, which represents uh, much bloodshed. He actually is given the authority and the ability to remove peace from the earth, to create global conflict uh, in unprecedented proportions, and that during this seal, there's great violence and slaughters and assassinations and, and massacres going on on a regular basis. Uh, and that the, the rider of this horse is carrying a sword, uh, which is the sword of an assassin. Now, in seal number three, we find, uh, let's read Revelation chapter six, verse six, verses five and six. This is what the Word of God says. When the, when the Lamb opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a black horse, its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. Uh, 
Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a day's wages, and three quarts of barley for a day's wages, and do not damage the oil and the wine. We trust the Lord will add his blessing to the reading of his precious word. Okay, once again here, we have another horse. This time we have a black horse. And the black horse in this passage represents famine. If you uh, have your Bibles with you or if you want to write down the scripture reference, I'm going to read from Lamentations chapter 5 and I'm reading verses 8 through 10. This is what the Word of God says. says, Slaves rule over us and there is none to free us from their hands. We get our bread at the risk of our lives because of the sword in the desert. Our skin is hot as an oven, feverish from hunger. That is Lamentations chapter 5 verses 8 through 10. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 7. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines. So we know from the word of God that in the last days, in the tribulation period, famine will be something that will affect the entire world. And we know that famines are always the result of, of uh, war because the results of war is the devastation of the production or the food supply from around from around the world. Now notice that the this passage in Revelation tells us that the rider will be holding in his hand a pair of scales. He's carrying a pair of scales which in essence represents the fact that food will be rationed during this time. It will be in short supply. In fact, it tells us that during this time, an entire day's wage will just get enough food for one day for one person. Now imagine if you're living during that time and you have to work an entire day just to buy enough food for yourself. What if you have a family of two, three, four, five, six people? How will you survive a famine when you can't even generate enough income to buy enough food for the day for your entire family? War, famine, is usually the result of war. Because of warfare, the food supply will be limited and, and uh, uh, people will only be able to uh, get food in rations enough for the day and enough for for individuals listen to what david jeremiah says when he says the rich and influential will have the oil and wine remember in revelation chapter 6 verse 6 it says not uh, and do not damage the oil and wine so jeremiah says that the rich and influential will have the oil and wine or the gourmet uh, food from the deli, they will display their special pass issued by the great world leader and able to stock their shelves with choice products from the state-owned supermarket, but the poor will starve. Listen to what Charles Ryrie said in regards to the famine. He says, however, there is an ironic twist to this famine. Oil and wine, the very things a majority of people cannot afford, 
will not be in short supply. The scarcity of basic foods and the availability of luxury items will taunt the common people in their impoverished state. Famine is quite often the direct result of war. And since the wars are great during this period, the famine will also be great. So we know that first of all we have Antichrist riding a white, a white horse, bringing with him false and short-lived peace. By the time seal number two is open, now Antichrist is riding a fiery red horse, which represents uh, much bloodshed. Uh, seal number three is basically the result of such warfare going on around the world, and that is famine. And people will die because they cannot afford to buy uh, enough food to feed themselves and their families. Now let's look at seal number four. In Revelation 6, verses 7 through 8, this is what the Word of God says. When the Lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind. They were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beast of the earth. Now listen. After this seal is broken, John sees two riders now, and their names are Death, and Death is riding the pale horse, and the second uh, uh, rider is called Hades, who comes behind them. These two, listen, we, this is now we're getting into staggering proportions here. These two riders are given the power to kill, listen, to wipe out, in essence, a fourth of the world's population. That is to say that 25% of all human beings living on planet Earth will be killed. Now let me just, by way of illustration, give you a staggering t statistic. If that seal were to be opened today, today, with the amount of people we have living in, on planet Earth today, if that fourth seal was to be opened, uh, uh, opened or broken today, and death and Hades were to come out and do what they were given authority and power to do, with a conservative estimate, approximately three billion, that's with a B as in boy, three billion people will be killed by death in Hades. Wow. Now, folks, this may sound like science fiction. This may sound like, like uh, I, I don't know what it sounds like because we've never seen that kind of devastation ever in human experience. But let me tell you something, folks. Fifty, approximately half of the prophecies we are given in Scripture have literally, literally been fulfilled. There is absolutely no reason to believe that the remaining prophecy will not come to pass literally as well. Listen, we can decide in our minds to believe that this is fantasy.
We can choose in our minds to believe that this is not true and that this will not happen. But the truth of the matter is that regardless of what we believe, the facts do not change. And the fact is given to us in Revelation chapter 6, particularly in these two verses we have, we have just looked at, verses 7 and 8. The fact is that when Hades and death, or death and Hades, ride when the seal is broken, they will have the power, not only will they have the power, but they will have successfully carried out uh, what they were given power to do, and they will wipe out, kill a fourth of the earth's population. Now again, by way of application, first of all, Will you be one who has entered into the tribulation period? If you are, it means you never made a personal decision to follow Christ and to accept Him as your Lord and Savior. And two, if you enter the tribulation period, will you be one who survives death and Hades, or will you be left alive to even experience worse events than that that are coming after these seal judgments. Remember, we have still the seventh seal uh, that ushers us into the second half of the tribulation. Then in the last three and a half years, we have the seven trumpet judgments and the bold judgments, and they will be utterly devastating, worse than anything we have seen up to this point through the seal judgments. Where are you today in relation, of where, you know, uh, uh, in relation to Jesus Christ? Wow! If it were to happen today, if that seal were to be broken today, three billion people will be killed by death and Hades. And let me remind you of this. I don't think, we can't even begin to fathom what, what, what devastation that'll be. And this is going to affect the entire world. Remember, the tribulation period, unlike any other conflict we have seen uh, in the past, will affect every person living on planet Earth. Every nation will suffer the consequences of the judgments of God and the warfare and power that is given to Antichrist to carry these things out. And listen. After seal number four, and after everything that has occurred up to seal number four, when seal number four is open, a quarter or, or, or a fourth of the, of the population of planet Earth is killed. And listen, remember what Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 8, all these things are the beginning of birth pains. We haven't even begun to see the worst that is going to happen during the tribulation period. These seven seals simply represent the beginning of birth pains. Now, the difference between death and Hades is this. Death, the rider of the pale horse, will claim the physical part of man, what you can see. And Hades, which is the place of the dead, will claim the immaterial part of man. So when death and Hades come as a result of Christ breaking the fourth seal, 
Death will claim the physical life of a fourth of the world's population, while Hades will claim the immaterial part of those who have been physically killed by uh, death. Staggering. Now let's look at seal number five. Revelation chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. Listen to what the Word of God says. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the Word of God and the testimony they had maintained. They called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? Then each of them was given a white robe, and they were told to wait a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and brothers who were to be killed as they had been, as they had been was completed. Listen, the result of the breaking of seal number five is different from all the others we have seen up to this point. The focus here, the focus on seal number five is on believers who have been martyred during the tribulation period. And notice why they were killed. Look back at the passage we just read. They had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. You know what? And not unlike many Christians experience in certain parts of the world even today in the 21st century. These men and women during the tribulation period as some are experiencing today around the world, these individuals are being killed for their faithfulness and their loyalty to the Lord Jesus and to His Word. And also notice that in that passage we are told that the Lord promises that in due time He will avenge their death. Now let me make application here. And I think this in part is the, is the reason why we have such, such a development within the church within the liberal wing of Christianity. And I, and, I, and I say that without arguing that these liberals are Christians. Because I believe that anybody who deviates from the Word of God and anybody who denies any of the fundamental doctrines of the faith is not a believer and a follower of Jesus. They may think they are, but that does not mean they are. Many people believe many things. That doesn't make that so in the life of that individual. You do understand that. You do understand that because you go to church, that does not guarantee you a place in heaven. You know that because you read your Bible, that does not guarantee that when the rapture takes place, you will not be left behind to experience the events of the tribulation. You know that because what you say that you're a Christian doesn't really mean you're rightly related to the Jesus of Scripture. You do understand that, correct? We need to make important application here, folks, because I believe without a shadow of a doubt that if this country were to experience anything like some of our brothers and sisters are experiencing in other countries around the world, I believe that probably 
half to two-thirds of those who claim to be Christians would walk away from their faith because they would rather have their life than to die for Jesus. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, folks. If there is nothing in your life worth dying for, you have nothing worth living for. And for those of us who have been saved, for those of us who have experienced a personal relationship with Jesus, we know that Jesus is worth dying for. And so is the Word of God. Because we know that apart from a relationship with Jesus, and apart from the Word of God, we don't actually live, we merely exist. You don't have Jesus, you don't have life. Jesus said that He came to provide us with life and life more abundant. How far are you willing to go for this Jesus you claim to be a disciple of? Are you willing to today or tomorrow or the day after, are you willing to allow somebody to take your life because of the Word of God and the testimony which you have maintained? If he's not worth dying for, folks, he's not worth living for. And let me tell you something. We have an example already given to us in the life of Jesus Christ himself. Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus, who is God and man, 100%. Jesus, the very creator of all things. Jesus, your Lord. Jesus gave his own life so that you might be saved. Jesus left the glories of heaven to come into this world as a human being in order to allow his own creation to nail him to a cross so that there your sin could be imputed to him and him pay for your sin. So that the day which you repent of and the day you acknowledge Jesus as your Lord and Savior, his righteousness is imputed to you and you are therefore forgiven and made worthy of heaven. During the first three and a half years, many who have trusted in Jesus Christ will be killed because of, their, because of the Word of God and the testimony they have maintain, maintained. And let me tell you, so it is in the 21st century. Christians today in certain parts of the world are dying for no other reason than that they are believers in the Lord Jesus. And let me tell you something, it's not that they want to die. But if it costs them to their life, they will not deny their Lord. Is that what Christianity means to you? Or you're a cultural Christian. Oh, I go to church, I've got brownie points gained there. I read my Bible from time to time, I've got brownie points gained there. I associate from time to time with Christians, I've got brownie points gained. That means nothing, folks, nothing. If you have not repented of your sin and you have not trusted Jesus Christ and Him alone as your Lord and Savior, you will be left behind to experience 
the events of the tribulation, and you may not be one of those who survives these first four seals that we have looked at. Jesus, God himself, gave his life so that you might be saved. What are you going to do with this Jesus today?